This episode of Outlander Cast is brought to you by MinuteWithMary.com. Have you ever scrolled social media and you see this picture of like one lady who has like the saddest lashes ever? It's like, wah, 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 and you're like, oh, honey. All the time. Except the other side of her face has lashes that look like Betty Boop. If yes. you don't know who Betty Boop is, A, you need to just search in the GIFs of who your phone. You? you live on Mars if you don't just know Just search who Betty the Boop GIF is. Betty Boop, okay? <laughs> if you don't know who it is, you know what a GIF is and just look up Betty Boop. Okay, it's like the most friggin' amazing lashes ever. So 4D Mascara is this revolutionary mascara that I sell at MinuteWithMary.com. And you may know other people who sell this stuff and they may annoy the heck out of you. They may be your friends from high school. I'm not your friend from high school, okay? I am not your friend from high school. I'm Mary Larson, who you know mm-hmm. on Outlander Cast. And you're the best. And let me tell you, I'm going to stand by this makeup. I'm going to tell you a little bit about it because it is freaking amazing. It's by European standards, so don't have all that crap in there. Yep. You're going to look like Betty Boop without all that crap, with all the chemicals. Don't want okay? the crap. The entire reason I want to be crapless. that my company was even created was to help victims of sexual abuse, which in case you are new to Outlander Cast, is something that is very near and dear to uh, my heart. And... Uh, I love it because then you feel confident and creative and you look like Betty Boop. So if you want to have the very best mascara on the planet with a 14-day guarantee, head on over to minutewithmary.com slash discount. Yeah, I know. I just dropped like a major downer bomb on you, but it's okay because we're talking about mascara and you get the discount at minutewithmary.com slash discount. I'm so sorry. I forgot to ask you your name. Francis. My mother used to call me Fanny. It's supposed to mean free. And your name is Sassenach. I need to my husband. Away from Providence, Rhode Island. Welcome to Outlander Cast. It's a podcast dedicated to the show Outlander on Stars. Sing me a song of a last song. Sing that last Mary of soul, she sailed on a Wondering what part Blake likes to lip sync of the the choral intro? He's he likes to lip sync the soprano one. I'm I'm all about the soprano. Life. I know you are. <laughs> it brings me so much joy because I know what you're going for. Yeah, I'm trying desperately. You have such improper vowel mouth shapeage right now. Like yeah, you know what? I don't care. I know, but if I was a chorus teacher, I'd be like, we can, we need to work on this. <laughs> we need to work on this. Hi, we everybody. Welcome. My name is Mary Larson. My name is Blake. And even though my wife just made fun of me for my lack of choral skills, I am. I never knew that I needed a horror version of Outlander in my life as much as I do now. It's like Stephen King and Diana Gabaldon got into bed. <laughs> and they made a baby. Let's make a baby. They made an Outlander baby. Outlander yes. slash, well, you know, we could talk about that later. We are, that, we're that, talking, that's fine. we're that's talking. Fine. <laughs> okay. I, no, no, it, but no, I, I was, I, this episode, like, desperately surprised me. I, I was, I was shocked by this episode. I was ready, seriously. I'm ready for it to be on Netflix. Like one of the, Blake, Blake, luckily falls asleep many nights, and I'm like up with my worrisome mind. So to calm my worrisome mind, I watch really weird shows on Netflix, like mm-hmm. How You're Not Supposed to Eat Corn, and this other terrible show. It's actually amazing, but but if you don't, if you want to sleep at night, don't watch it. It's called Don't F with Cats. Okay, I'm just telling you. Like my mind goes down these things where I, it's just creepy weird people. Not like it's gonna put me sleep, but it was like I was in Netflix watching creepy weird people. It was a good, it was but a it was Outlander documentary. It was and a then good documentary. Claire and Jamie come in, and I'm like, I'm not on Netflix watching the bad guy with cats. I'm not on Netflix. It's okay. Uh, before actually, while we were playing the clip here, Mary, you were making fun of me for my choice of. Yeah, clip. would not have and been what I so, picked. So now let's like, let's before I we get really into all this wanted stuff, you to pick the conversations that that Claire and Jamie had in the beginning, the very beginning of the episode. Which one? Which, 
oh gosh, I'm like forgetting right now, but I remember. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. So you're going to criticize no, my clip, but not have an answer. But for in me. my mind, I was like, this is what you share. This is what you share. Do you know what you like? When he to... comes in, when he comes from home, yep. oh my gosh. Would you, like, him... would you like to know why I chose this one? I mean, it's because, because the she girl says, says free. she it, it, it's supposed to mean free, and the title is free will. So, like, I thought that was kind of appropriate <laughs> to choose that clip. No, you just no, think so? it definitely makes sense. But when I saw the conversation at the very beginning of the episode, I was like, "Oh my god, I love Jamie and Claire when they're together." Please don't ever part. You just made me. You, you, you cut me deep, Shrek. Sorry. You okay. Cut me deep. So before we get into the rest of this episode, we want to make sure that you are subscribed to this podcast because you might be watching it in all sorts of places. You might be on YouTube, on Facebook, and you'll be like, who are these people talking about Stephen King and cats? Tell me more. Tell me more. <laughs> Maybe corn. Um, you can find us by searching Marion Blake on all your social media choices. I wouldn't recommend TikTok because there's only one video of me playing with a mug that has Jamie and Claire on it. We need to work on our TikTok skills, obviously. But Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube. Search Mary and Blake. You'll find us there. You can also find out more by going to maryandblake.com where you'll see all of our other podcasts. Um, And also, we've got some big news. Okay, what is it? Are you not looking at the Google notes that you wrote, told me to say? I am, but it's written in pink. And okay, when it's fine. written in pink, it's, it's you. It's for me to say, well, then do a drum roll, Blake. Then do a drum roll for me. Be my instrumentation. Thank you. Okay, our finale party. Our finale party for Outlanders season finale is going to be taking place in Providence. Don't let us down, folks. We want to see you there. Do you want to be part of the live podcast? Do you want to get together with other people who oh, just just want to revel in all things Outlander together? You can do that with us. We're pretty certain the date's going to be May 3rd, but we're not 100% sure. And we know that people want to book their flights. Trust us, we want to book things too, and we're getting there, but we're still waiting on final confirmation. Right. And it's not, it's not even up to us. That's up to the, that's up, that's up to Stas. Yeah. So we're leaning heavily into the May 3rd Sunday in Providence. Book your flights. Come on over. We're going to have more information shortly. We will tell you that first dibs go to people who are members of our Patreon community. You can find out more by going to outlandercastclan.com. They get the first tickets. Um, and from there... We'll see where it goes, but it is going to be a blast. We've had a successful finale party the past two years. Those of you who've been there before, you can let people know your thoughts. Uh, we've taken a lot of feedback. We've from, grown each year, too, yes, by the way. We've, we've grown we've, tremendously. We've gotten feedback and made it better each year. Yep. This year is going to be the best yet. I think so. It's going to be it's gonna be a cool, fun, hip, modern event in Providence, which is a, a cool little city, man. If you've never been here, you've never been to Providence, and you've never been to the East Coast, trust me. This is a cool little city to, to check fact, it out. Fun fact, it's my birthday. A is my birthday month, as we already established on yes. the live. Yeah, but it's going to be um, <laughs> my birthday week. Oh, well, then you, we all... You your all gift, need to be there. Your gift to Mary should be that you are coming to the finale pot. And I'm possibly running in a 5K that morning. So if you like to run, you can run with me. Oh, my God. Why are we running in 5Ks? That's ridiculous. I don't know. <laughs> well, I love you very much. <laughs> Let's get into this bad boy, shall we? Yes. Let's do it. Okay, so Blake, yes. teach me about this episode about stuff that's very important, but I don't usually pay attention to. But you do. <laughs> Everybody should be paying attention to this portion of uh, of of our podcasts. This is actually probably the most important part of the podcast. I know what I pay attention to. What's that? When am I going to see Adso? That's what I'm paying attention to. <laughs> oh, the cat. Okay, fine. Uh, this one is entitled "Free Will," which is uh, an appropriate title, I think, because. It, this episode really has to deal with a, a lot of people's free wills and their ability to make choices. Or lack thereof. Correct. If your free will is being taken away for in many instances, uh, whether it is the, uh, the, the Josiah and Keziah kid or it is uh, Roger's free will to want to go home or if it is Jamie's free will to – uh, go after Murta or uh, people's free will to join the army. There, there's tons of instances of choices here that seem to make sense in terms of uh, of of the characters and their arcs. It's a that's an appropriate title. The writer was Luke Skelhas. Now that name should be familiar to you because last he co-wrote last episode with Tony Graffia. But this one, he is getting single writer's credit. He has written in the past uh, episodes, including Heaven and Earth, The Bakra. Wilmington, the oh, the, the Deep Pots core, yeah, the Bakra still, 
still know, haunts you, right? That that Talk about scene of Galus, that scene of Galus getting out of the the pool of blood. Oh, that was that's a good one, man. That's a good one. Uh, and the Deep Hot's core, and also between two fires, which we the just Deep Hot's core, which we just talked about. And the the director, the director is Jamie Payne. Now, this is Jamie's first credit for Outlander. How do you think Jamie feels having the name Jamie doing Outlander? I think he feels like a stud. Right? Yeah. He's like, I'm the real Jamie. This this phrase a kid can get the hell out of here. Seriously. The pain has arrived. The pain's in town. Um, Now, Jamie Payne has actually got some big boy pants when it comes to directing. Okay. Uh, He has directed many a TV show also, but including uh, shows like Call the Midwife, Da Vinci's Demons, The White Queen, Doctor Who, The White Princess, The Alienist. Oh my goodness. Luther. Uh, he's also directed one of the bane of our existence, Mary, New Amsterdam on NBC. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> yes. Oh, for those of you who love New Amsterdam, I mean, I'm we've sorry. actually never watched an Don't episode. Care. Don't but it care. comes after This Is Us and we're emotionally ravaged and we're like, we can't handle a medical drama at this point. No, it has the guy from uh from from the blacklist, and I just it's not it's just not good. It's okay. It's just not good. And obviously he's directed this episode of Outlander. He's got one more episode of Outlander to go. Okay. And uh, I think that's gonna be the next one. So before we do all the rest of this stuff, yep. we got kilt ratings and we got GBG. Oh my goodness, the kilt ratings. So, um, you know, rating, rating a show, rating an episode is fun. It can be a little difficult and it can also like rattle people's feathers. Mm-hmm. But I'm here to tell you that this episode for me is a 4.5, which is very low for me. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Holy smokes. I will tell you in a moment, that is some, but it's a 4.5 for That's me. some fighting words. You but, want to, you but want mind you, it still means that it's an A minus. Yeah, or like a solid A. That's a solid. It's a scale no, from one to five. No, no, no. That's it's a, not like I gave it a that's two. A B, that's a B plus. That's it's a B plus. A B plus would. Mm, well, a five is A plus. Mm-hmm. I don't know. So yeah, it's a B plus. You gave it a B plus. No, I gave it an A or an A minus. No, 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 no. I'm out. I'm out on that grading system. Okay. Uh, for me, I'm giving this one. I'm making. I'm making a snap judgment here. I think I'm going to make it. Uh, I'm going to go 4.45. Oh, my gosh. Yep, a 4.45. You're higher than me. No. No, I'm not. You're higher than me. You were originally higher than me in the Google Doc. You had 4.59, which That's is why. ludicrous. That's why I said. Just do it to the tenths, uh, not no, to the no, hundredths. No, 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 no. Some, you got you to be precise when it comes to these kilt ratings. And I'm going to go 4.45. And okay. the reason why, you know what? Maybe I'll kick it up a notch. 4.49. Okay, four point four nine. You should be higher than me in this. I'm just saying. No, I should not be, and I'll tell you why. When you hear my reasoning on why it's low, you're going to be like, I should have been higher than Mary. (laughs) Okay. Um, Well, what's what? what, Why? What's your GBG? Okay, so my GBG, my good, my bad, my great. Okay, now look at everyone on Facebook is saying that's so low, and that's why I laugh because four point five is still very high. (laughs) Four point five would still get you scholarships to college. Yes, it would. I mean, the lesser colleges. I mean, you're you're, you're talking like you know. What I, I'm not sure. Are you throwing some throwing some uh some some punches at my school? Yeah, like no, I'm not your co- not your college. I'm throwing shade at like Dartmouth. You know, Blake. <laughs> For those who are listening right now, I went to Saint Anselm College, and there's a big rivalry between Saint Anselm College and uh, Dartmouth and UNH. Four point four point five will get you into UNH. That that's what <clears throat> would happen. <laughs> We'll be back. All right. My good for this episode was, can I please just sit inside Claire's stinky house? Because yep. it looks gorgeous. It may smell of moldy bread and potentially a chopped up body. I don't know what they did with them. Is anyone else concerned? <laughs> Where'd he go? Did they actually bury him somewhere? Where's the jabroni from last week's episode? Don't know. But let me tell you, that house is gorgeous. And I just love the people in the background who are like throwing away Claire's slop mm-hmm. paint in her walls and she's just checking on her moldy bread and it is gorgeous the paint the color I love it all I just want to <laughs> sit there without breathing that brings me to my bad okay this episode if it had a scratch and sniff <laughs> get me out of here get me out of here I don't think I'll be able to rewatch this episode that often, friends. And here's the thing. Like, there are very few episodes of Outlander that I don't like to rewatch. 
You know, I mean, very obviously, like uh, it's it's ones that make me very emotionally unstable. This one, however, it wasn't that it was so suspenseful. Mm-hmm. It's that Claire's acknowledgement, like <laughs> the way that Katrina Balfe pretty much could not handle any of the smell, and yet they still slept there. Oh God, <laughs> what are you what are you thinking? All I kept thinking was like, where did you put the maggots? Did you cut out the ceiling? Where is the air freshener? Is there what's the spray that gets rid of stuff? And it makes me concerned because there's so many chemicals. The blue stuff, Febreze. Febreze. <laughs> Where's the Febreze? Does anybody have any Febreze? Hey, anybody got the Febreze over here? So it's not that I sat here not loving the plot, not loving the characters, not loving all of this. It's that I was so emotionally uncomfortable (laughs) with the smell aspect, (laughs) which you can't even smell in it. Um, And like maggots and uh, like burnt foot. Those of you who don't know, I don't like like bloody gross things. And I actually handled last week kind of better. Maybe this is just because last week I was thinking of how smelly the body is. And now I'm still worried about the body smell. Basically, I just need some fresh air. Okay. (laughs) When they're out in the woods talking about bonnet, I'm all in. You bring me inside this stinky house with goat poop and all the stuff hanging down from the ceiling it made me very uncomfortable (laughs) and that is honest to god what brought it down is that i don't it's gonna take me some time to be watching re-watching these episodes multiple times okay you have a great harry potter reference in here and you're not you didn't you didn't even go for it sorry because you didn't even go for it all i could picture was bethilda bagshot harry potter friends you know you're a wizard harry spoiler alert when harry and hermione go back to godric's hollow his you know birthplace and bethilda bagshot's there and she's like out comes nagini because the snake was inside of her that's all i was picturing was just like nasty smell nagini the snake's gonna pop out and bite you so watch out harry potter um (laughs) talking all sorts of parcel tongue okay so what's your great Okay, my great is just that I love Jamie Fraser. Mm-hmm. Like, I love him so much. And this episode oh, is just my Jamie. Like, this is my Jamie in so many different moments. Like, coming home and just loving on Claire and just sprinkling in these moments of faith and his strength in, in moral character. Um, and I, too, would have killed him. <laughs> yes, you would have. Like, Claire... I actually have Jesus H. Roosevelt Christ. Claire, stop it. This is my bad. My bad on my notes. Jesus H. Roosevelt Christ. Claire, stop it. Stop it. Stop going upstairs. Oh, yes. Like, I just, my great is Jamie. I loved Jamie in this episode. I felt like this was my Jamie that sometimes I've missed and I love him. Yep. Period. Is it my turn? Are you, you want to keep going about Jamie? You keep I'm, going. I'm all set. You're. Are you on the Jamie train? I'm... S- Yep. (laughs) All right. uh, My good. Uh, Lots of new tidbits in the visual uh, vocabulary of this show. Uh, Whether it was the the time lapse for the bread, that's a very Breaking Bad thing to do. Like having the bread just mold over it. It's just have it time play real fast on one particular thing. Very Breaking Bad-ish. The hazy eyes of Beardsley. Uh, Plus the show is really leaning in to how versatile it could be. Um, you know, for me, I always say my favorite show, obviously, is is Lost. We have to go back, Kate. And the reason why my favorite show is Lost, of course, because of the mythology and the characters, but Lost was a show that could be so many dip different types of shows mm-hmm. all at once. It could be a procedural. It could be uh, a, a medical show. It could be a mystery show. It could be an action show. It could be thriller. It could be horror. It could be suspense. It could do all of those things all at once. And in this case, Outlander is really leaning into, for the past couple of episodes, the versatility that it has. Yeah. Having the... Uh, the, the inspiration for this particular episode clearly was suspense and horror. Mm-hmm. Uh, as a matter of fact, I, you know, I gave this episode a four point four nine, and what saved it for me was the fact that it saved it. Mind you, that is still so high. Well, what 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 it created that um, that number for me, and why I felt like it it could have been lower if not for this thing was that it felt like an early episode from like season one of The Walking Dead. 
Mm, you remember that? Yeah. When when things would happen, but it was very slow. It was Something very quiet. That like the door pounding frightens you so much, and really, it's just a goat. But it frightened you enough where you were like, "What is that?" Mm-hmm. That the suspense. Yep. Yes. Yep. Absolutely. It's the suspense, and you know, Outlander has never really quite done that before. So. The fact that they could lean into this and lean into it as well as they did, uh, this is a this is a craft kind of episode for me. The bad, uh, I was not a fan of Fanny, if you will, not a big fan. Was I supposed to feel bad for her? Was I supposed to hate her? Was I supposed to despise the other Beardsley guy? You're supposed to be a little conflicted. And in like, it, do I want him dead? Do I not want him dead? Is it? Do I want him to be killed by Fanny? Is if, is Fanny a good person? Yeah, right. So like yeah. I, I just wasn't a big fan. But the <laughs> the the funniest part and the most unintentionally funny part of the entire episode, Mary, I know what you're I know you know what I'm gonna say, is when Jamie's looking around the house and he's looking in the he's looking in the window and he turns around and sees Claire <laughs> and all of a sudden you see his face go, Oh <laughs> and then there's Fanny's big mug just in the in this window and like Blake <laughs> literally was like what was that? <laughs> and like, and the music from Bear. As much as I love hashtag Bear Flare. By the way, get your hashtag Bear. Who also, Flare. does the music to The Walking Dead? Right. Get your hashtag Bear Flare shirts at the Marion Blake store. It's amazing. Um, it, w- Bear does the um, Bear does the music for The Walking Dead. And in The Walking Dead, you have a lot of jump scares mm-hmm. and vroom, you know that kind of thing. And you got that. But the way that it was just it was shot and the way her face was looking. I think because this is something that you're not used to on Outlander. No, because this no. whole episode was supposed to make us uncomfortable. We were supposed to be completely like out of our element, like icky. What are we doing? Is this the right thing? Is this the wrong thing? Do we trust this person? Do we not trust this person? Like we were all as a collective audience supposed to feel this way, supposed to be like, well, what are you doing in there? Right. Random I, I know, but I just, I, just the way that it was shot. You laughed, and, and I, 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 we both laughed. We both laughed, laughed at pretty laugh. heartily. Uh, all right, and then my great, my great was also Jamie. Really, Jamie Payne. Oh, the real Jamie. The real Jamie. <laughs> the, the real Jamie in town. Okay, <laughs> Jamie Frackin Payne. Jamie Payne. Okay. I think, I think, I'm. He is going to be declared my new binky of the season. And elaborate what binky means for people who may not know. You know, it's just someone who never does anything wrong. For for many seasons, my binky in um, in in Outlander was Frank. Frank was my binky. He couldn't do anything wrong. I mean, he could. No, he couldn't because he he's did. my binky. <laughs> See, like you know, in, in a binky, you pacify it for a baby. So, so yeah. It soothes the baby. It could be dirty. It could be could dropped be dirty, on the floor. Could, whatever. It's still soothing. Could be broken. Could be broken. You could be half bitten off. Oh. You Those know the worst choking hazards. It's a binky, just okay. like just like in in my sports life. Okay. Tom Brady, my binky. Okay, he's, he can't do it. He's a saint. The man's a saint. Leave him out of this. Okay. okay so Jamie. Payne. So Jamie Payne is my new binky, and his shots, especially the ones uh, like Claire when she was looking out um, out of the house in the Beardsley house, and she goes from um, from light. She's looking out, and the light is covering her face, and she. She comes out away from the mm-hmm. light. Oh my God. Or Jamie coming home to the big house. Oh. All of those shots, the big, the big panoramic yes. shots and the use of color. Uh, sitting at the fire with Jamie as it's, mm-hmm. it's his dark silhouette mm-hmm. uh, among all of his people. He's the central figure. Uh, and then also, again, the use of color. And it, it's, a, it's a very artful look to this show. Something that this show really hasn't had. It's been very flat for the past couple of seasons. It's, it hasn't been cinematic at all for the past couple of seasons, except for a couple of shots here and there. Uh, this one, very artful, very, very purposeful. The use of color, whether it's opposites of the color wheel between the, the reds and the, um, I'm sorry, the, the oranges and the blues or uh, the greens and the reds, uh, even blacks and whites, using those things against each other, make it a depth filled look it gi- it gives the frame depth and not only that there was even i feel like a different texture to the frame it felt more um it felt more um clear 
Mm. It felt more clear. It didn't, yeah. it didn't feel grainy. It didn't feel like, I don't know. I know they're shooting digital, obviously, but it just felt like, it's almost like when you turn the sharpness up on your TV and it gets just a little bit more detail. It just, it felt more alive. It didn't feel this, flat. Yeah. Like this episode to, was very didn't cinematic, feel flat. yes. Um, so I quite liked that. And that is my good and my bad and my great so what do you think, Marvin? What's uh, what else stands out to you this episode? What's the thing that just gets your uh, gets your needle moving? I mean, are we getting into into the show, into the episode? Are we yes. del- we delving in? Absolutely, let's do it. All right. I mean, there's so much to talk about at the Beardsley House, <clears throat> but before we do, yep. let's talk about the Ridge. I'm a big fan of the Big House. Huge. I like if I I am not all what in. I pictured. <laughs> I don't <laughs> and care. I addressed this last week <laughs> and on listener feedback. But of course, I'm watching this through the show's lens mm-hmm. and it is stunning. It is so fun to be there and to see the community that it takes to make it all possible. Absolutely. Um, I loved even just the title card with a blurred out Marsley practicing her sewing mm-hmm. of some kind of animal, I would assume. Sure. It looked like. Um, so while we're there, of course, and Jamie comes home to this fabulous greeting to Claire. Mm-hmm. And he thanks God that she's there. Oh, my goodness gracious. That that was like right away. I was like, there's my grape. There's my grape. Talking about getting the needle moving. Oh, my goodness. That was good stuff. Well, and mind you, like, I think the show is honestly just so, so great when these two are together and we're having these tender little moments. Um, and I love that Claire, like, just didn't... <laughs> I admire Claire because Claire didn't do what I would do. I would just be like, oh my gosh, you're home. Here's a quick kiss. And then I'd go back to sleep. <laughs> I'd be like half full of drool. Yeah. And like- <laughs> Claire, ever so glamorously, like gets out of bed and shares a drink with Jamie and catches up. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it was just, it was a really lovely, intimate moment. You know, he had checks in the fire. And those are moments that I truly love in this series. I, mm-hmm. I talk about it all the time. I could just hang out on the ridge all the time and just be hanging out in their house watching them yep. like a creep. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like Fanny. Um, but to see their dynamic and then to have her say, like, I am coming with you felt so good sure. because that was something that felt so wrong in the last episode is that these two need to be together. And so having that going forward um, makes me really happy for the show. Well, that this is a much larger conversation, I think, within context, in that the show has made it a point, especially since season three, especially since season three, to separate Jamie and Claire. Whether, even if they were separated by time, or they were separated in context of the story that they were actually in. Whether it was uh, Jamie being on a boat, or Claire being on a boat, mm-hmm. going to save other dudes. Or it's... Uh, <laughs> Uh, you know the the two of them in one of one of them in Jamaica, one of them is somewhere else, and then you know it's, one of them is off off on trails, and it, like they've made it a point to separate these two constantly. Yes. So, and even in the first two episodes of this season, there's not a lot of dynamic between the two, even though they are in the same for the most part the same premises. They don't have a whole ton of interaction, and. As with anything, how can you invest in any relationship if the people that you're in, trying to invest in don't have an interaction? Mm-hmm. So I think it's I think it's positive for this episode to have these two together and have them to have them together in such an intimate setting. Uh, in intimate, I don't mean like oh let's let's go bang. I mean in intimate like this is goats and we're in one building. I mean this is when you look at it, this is a bottleneck episode. This is one space Correct. essentially. I mean, within you know, within the the framework of Outlander, yeah. as as, far, as much as a Outlander is capable of making a bottleneck episode, this was it. Um, so I love the idea of these two coming back together and being with each other for so long. And this is why we watch Outlander, mm-hmm. right? I mean, really, that's what it comes yes. down to. But let's be honest; it's Jamie and Claire. Yes, it, it, for me, it ain't Roger and Bree. It ain't it ain't seeing hashtag by Ian. You know, it's not in, in as much as I love them. It ain't it ain't Frank or Murta. It is Jamie and Claire. Agreed. That's what it comes down Agreed. to for me. Um, I, I I just I know I said it before. I love the big house. I just love it. I know the the woodworking. Did you see those built in cabinets? Oh, honey! Like 
all of like they do not make houses like that no <laughs> no like i don't know if jamie is building these cabinets by himself no, or whatever. do you see all the people helping but man jamie house, is not jamie is out getting the militia ready he that, is not necessarily <laughs> that house, that house now in today's in today's market easily where it is on the river whatever easily million bucks easily oh yeah, if you Guaranteed. were in it. Yes, 100%. Guaranteed. So while we're there on the ridge and we have these tender moments, um, we get to see Fergus again. Yes. And he has a little bit of a correspondence with Jamie, setting things up for a future episode. Um, and Jamie is asking him to have something written up to really build this militia. Mm-hmm. And Fergus, not so slightly, grabs a piece of paper that yeah. obviously has writing. I've got an outlandish theory on this. So are you able to drop it now because we're talking about it? No, no, I'm not, I'm not okay. dropping it right now. Um, how did you feel about that? Or is this being saved for your This is being saved for my outlandish okay. theory. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> so, ladies and gentlemen. You're going to have to wait for that one. We've got that going on. And we also have Marsley and Claire walking around checking out these different moldy pieces of bread. Mm-hmm. And guess what, ladies and gentlemen, even though they still had the glass covers on it for the stats for nerds people, it still had mold. Yeah. It still had mold. And I loved that Claire was quizzing her. It's one of the things that, um, you know, obviously, like Claire had residence and had to be teaching while also being a surgeon. And it was just neat for her to now be able to have this role that she really didn't get to have. I mean, she left uh, rather young in her career, you know. So I love that she's able to not only have um, an assistant, an apprentice, mm-hmm. but another female apprentice in the medical field. And you can kind of see that joy of, of watch, how we're watching Marcelie figure it out. Yep. This is obviously like embellishing the character of Marcelie compared to the books um, in this way, I think is a really exciting choice. It's a very smart choice. Yeah. Because like we said last episode, it gives her something more to do than just being concerned mom or concerned wife or pain in the ass of Claire. Like, and I, there was this great moment too, between the two where, where Claire says, you know, pig skin is a good substitute for human skin. Mm -hmm. Like, that was just really cool, man. Yeah. Like, keep practicing your stitching. Someone's obviously going to need to do that. Like, that, I don't know. It was just really cool. Like, yes. you, you don't see that kind of d- dynamic between the two. And getting people's interactions that you don't normally get is a beauty to a show like this. Because we're already now in season five. And for the past number of seasons, we've been introduced to a bunch of people that just, mm-hmm. they, don't they don't matter. They don't matter. They don't matter. And it is what it is. The, 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 they're gone. The talking coconut guy. He's gone. He ain't never coming back. Uh, um, or whoever. I mean, the king of friends. The king of friends. Gone. He ain't never coming back. But y- you have these consistent I bring characters. him up because you love to talk about him. Oh, God, that guy. Um, that, that whole season. <laughs> that, that half of the season. The season that, uh, according to the Marion Blake commandments, shall not be named. Um, yeah. You don't get a lot of interaction between Claire and Masoli. You just don't. And having these two be together, doing the things that they're doing, it's good for the show. Because mm-hmm. it makes you care about them. And you know who I care about so much? Who? Jermaine. Why? Oh, my God. Because he's like, A, the only kid that can really talk. And he's like, Grandpa. And that's what they say on Daniel Tiger. Daniel Tiger, that's what he calls his Grampy. Oh yeah, okay. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> and I just love that it's like this this wee little boy running around the house, just bringing bringing all sorts of joy to everybody. So I don't know. I just get a kick out of it. But I agree. Seeing this family, the Fergus Marsley family, mm-hmm. is bringing a lot of moments of joy um, for me. So I just wanted to point that out. Uh, one of the things I have to, I just have to get it out of the way. Yes. The Do. birds. What what are we feeling the about birds. the what are we feeling about the birds? Toppins a bag. <laughs> the birds to me. It was. Do you feel like it was a little like it was a little aggressive? It was aggressive until I saw the after show discussion. Matt Roberts loves passenger pigeons, so if you missed out on the after show discussion with him and Meryl Davis, then you're probably like, why are there so many birds? And to me, I was thinking. So when I watched it, um, it it made me feel a lot like all the bird references that have happened before in Outlander. Mm-hmm. You know, Outlander before has had a lot of, a lot of animal imagery. references. And then I was also thinking about how um, 
spirits like the ghosts of all the prior wives yep. are like released yep absolutely and, so and, and it, it's it's funny that you say that because you know obviously i'm a huge nerd so i was like okay these birds like passenger pigeons like what are we doing like it, this is like again an aggressive amount of birds Correct. so I, I said there has to be an ultimate in like ulterior motive here like what is what are they trying to do and uh, passenger pigeon actually plays a religious role for many Native American tribes and the Wyandotte people or the Huron people believed that every 12 years during the Feast of the Dead the souls of the dead changed into passenger pigeons which were then hunted and eaten so Mary I think you're on the right track there Fanny says that all the wives are dead in in the forest and as soon as Jamie you know, pulls the trigger and kills your boy Beardsley. You get all He's these. Not my boy. You get all these. You get all these. Um, all these birds flying up out of the trees, out of the forest. So it's a it's an interesting thing. It's an interesting. It was thing. an interesting choice they made for that moment. Yeah. Yep. That was uh, brought to you by uh, the Doctor Wikipedia, by the okay. way. Okay. <laughs> um. So yeah, I, even though it was an aggressive amount of birds, I did do some more research and they did have those big kind of flocks everywhere. So when they did transport themselves, they were they were leaving in like these big kinds of clouds of birds. So it's not out of the question, but it is fairly shocking to see as just someone who doesn't know as anything a about show passenger. watcher watching this. I, I can appreciate I, yes. that, you know, it. It is quite jarring um, and out of the blue. And, you know, it's just it just goes to show you that show watchers. I mean, everybody will benefit from watching the after the episode things. Um, But I also liked that. I liked how you said there are things that were during that time period that aren't here now that Mm -hmm. we can show and we can utilize with CGI. So it it is. It's great. Um, I would say that this episode it actually reminded me quite a bit. If you remember, uh, if you remember, um, Game of Thrones, you know nothing, Jon Snow, with Craster and all of his wives, yes. and how they were just kind of homely, and they yeah. were like, you know, or uh, or what's his name, the guy, um, oh, the guy who plays uh, Filch in uh, in Harry Potter, mm-hmm. um, who was the head of who was the head of the twins. Um, well, whatever. Um, it, it reminds me of that a little bit. Okay. And, um, but also married to The Walking Dead. Like, like seriously. You had all the different shows going on. I did. There was, plus there was some Stephen King interwoven. Plus some Stephen King going on here as well. Um, this episode was, like I said, a very interesting episode. It was something that Outlander never really quite does. And I give them credit. They did it very well. Agreed. The, the problem and why I, and why I gave it a 4.49 is it feels very side questy. So here's what I'll say to you now. Cause here's the thing. I know I'm going to get flack for being like, you gave it a 4.5. It's not that it was a bad episode. It was an exciting episode. And I will tell you show watchers have faith, have patience, Padawans. Okay. Mm-hmm. Oh, Walder Frey is the name. Thank you, Robin on Facebook um, live. I appreciate you. So like have faith. All right. Um, for me, it honestly was just because I, I just kept thinking about all the smells, right? And but, that they like slipped by that guy's rotting foot. But then again, but then again, we have this. This is the debate. I think this is the debate that Outlander has to face. Just because it's in the books, and just because maybe we should have faith that yeah. they're going to come back, which they probably will, which is also uh, an Outlander theory of mine. Um, just because that happens, does it mean that you've done that? Prop, you've you've attached it attached them to the story properly like this felt like monster of the week it felt like uh a pretty good episode of the x-files that's what it felt like 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 jamie and claire were Mulder and scully going in well you know when you have those days that like something really crazy happens out of the blue they haven't had a really crazy out of the blue experience for quite some time whereas i feel like that used to happen all the time to this couple yeah, but when they walked into that door and they're like walking around and then he sees her face, all I could think of was this. All I could think about was don't F with cats. I, all I could think of was just X-Files. Like, this is what it feels like. And then the guy that's up in the attic. Don't watch that show, guys. Um, <laughs> don't F with cats. <laughs> it's a great, it's a good documentary. It really is. Um, so that's what brings it down for me. Only because... It was like, supposed what are we doing to. Here? It was supposed to. So just so here's what I'll say: have faith. 
Okay. Have faith. Yeah, but again, that's the debate. But it was a great episode. Like it was fun and it was exciting and it was different. And you're supposed to feel uncomfortable and you're supposed to be sitting there thinking about the morality. And yes, you have free will, but what does that mean you get to do with it? And what are you going to choose? So let's delve into like the bigger aspect of this. Because what I have written down in my notes right now is how much I love someone's boots. So let's let's get (laughs) on with like the meat of free will. Okay, sure. Uh, Well, uh, do you want to make do you want to make a comment about boots or, or are we done with the boots? Just oh my god, the boot like shots. Jamie's boots, everybody's boots, all the boots, <laughs> <laughs> but particularly Jamie's boots. I they're just so good. There's so much pay less shoes happening right now. No, not pay less. No, Someone not pay worked less. really hard on those boots. Oh, those okay. boots are going to last you a long time. Well, if you want to get into the meat of it, I actually have some really good meat stuff, which is I. I Everybody talks about themes and um, what how Outlander is thematic. And yes, it is thematic. And everybody says, oh, yay, the theme is love or brotherhood or fighting for freedom. Like, no, themes are generally, or at least should be, based on questions. Because when you... Um, when you have a theme, you're asking yourself a question. You're asking your you're asking the viewer to engage with that question, and that is how you transmit a proper theme. What is the question that you're asking for the like? What's the purpose of what we're watching? What is the question? Mm-hmm. And I think the question for this particular theme is: What is the cost of revenge? What is the cost of revenge? What do you do to get revenge? How does it affect you and i love me some uh chernobyl you know the you know the show chernobyl yeah i watched it with you yes you do but i'm, I'm it was more of a rhetorical question for, for, <laughs> for the for the listener and the viewer on facebook live and youtube right now um chernobyl one of the things that it did and it was written by craig mason who is absolutely one of my favorite writers going One of the first lines in the entire show was, what is the cost of lies? And that was the theme for the entire run of the show. What is the cost of lies? Jared Harris Harris says it into the recording. Hashtag spoiler alert. Um, The same thing here. What is the cost of revenge? The revenge against Stephen Bonnet. The revenge against Beardsley. Uh, and how does that affect each character? Whether it is the wife who takes her revenge, does things that she probably wouldn't normally do. She's burning the dude's foot. You know, she's barely keeping him alive with spiders in his food, which, by the way, like, no. I know. No. No, no, no. They did such a good job on making us feel uncomfortable this episode. They did such a great job. Yeah, no, I would would absolutely agree. I'm so uncomfortable. Or even Jamie now. Jamie talks about his revenge against Black Jack Randall, how he finally could find some real peace afterwards, but he had to kill a man. And the same thing goes here. What about Bree's revenge against Stephen Bonnet? What does that mean for Roger? Mm. What does that mean for Jamie, by the mm. way? All of these things are true. And w- I'm going to pretty much have to say interesting for the rest of this episode <laughs> as, you, as you vamp. Yeah. So, so having, having said that, um, you know, all of these things, all, 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 the, the cost of revenge has made people do things, especially in this episode, clearly, that they would never normally do. I mean, this girl, Fanny, is killing a man. And granted, like the man beat her, the man boxed the Josiah or Keziah, whatever the Sumdaniah's uh, uh, ears. Not not a good dude, and doesn't want to be forgiven. But is it right what she did? And that's a question I pose to you, Mary. Is it right what she was doing to this man? <sighs> You're asking me. Yes, absolutely. Is it right that she was trying to like? completely torture him mm-hmm. um i mean it depends upon whose opinion of right or wrong like are you asking me if it's something i would have done yeah sure why not um i probably would have just let him die i don't think i would have tortured him because it was so stinky He <laughs> 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 probably would have been like this guy's dead he's terrible he's not moving i don't know what to do 
if I was in her position, I don't want to sound like a mean, terrible person. Like I would kill somebody, mm-hmm. but um, I'm very much with Jamie when Jamie's like, why wouldn't we just let him die? He's a terrible human being. Who's going to have a terrible um, time at life. You know, and Claire says like, we can cut off his foot and does he want that? And then Jamie gets to ask him. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Jamie has to juggle with all of that with juggling with the fact that like, okay, I'm going to give this man like the option. I mean, gosh, if you didn't love Jamie Fraser before this episode, it just, it it rings so true in this episode for so many reasons about why I just adore this man. He's a fictional character. I know that, guys. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, I, you know, in, if I were in this situation right away, I would have been like, he's going to have a poor kind of life and he's a terrible human being. And, like, what is there for him now? Mm-hmm. And for him to say, like, I would I would even do this for a dog. Like, this is not, this, is, this, is this not isn't right. the right kind thing. Right, right. And these are the, uh, and, and again, we, we talked about it earlier, um, the kind of, in, in, other, in earlier episodes, the kind of questions that Outlander is bringing up for itself. Um, for example, earlier in the this episode, I almost played the voiceover that Claire had, which was, you know, I'm doing all these things and I am testing history. I'm testing fate and mm-hmm. I don't care. Essentially, that's what she was saying. Mm-hmm. And I'm 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 begging it to make a decision on me and what's what's happening. So I'm gonna keep all these people safe. This is a moral quandary that Claire has. Is her work doing so like in Star Trek they call it the space time continuum, right? Is Claire screwing with the space time continuum? And her her <laughs> zero abandon about the space-time continuum um, and uh, the the prime directive also that's what it's called her 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 ZFGs about the prime directive is excellent for this show it's not about I'm specifically trying to change history which was season two like what they wanted was to change history what they want now and what they need now is to just survive and and they're doing everything they can to survive. And that's one of the things that, that, that's brought up in the moral quandaries of the show. But Agreed. other moral quandaries of this show, too, are real, are real layers for Jamie. Whether, how, how will he handle his own life and bringing up the ending with his dad? Oh, my God. Like, Oh, my gosh. Th- that's something Thank that we... Good. Le- I love that they made like they made this a part of it yes. for Jamie to talk about his dad. Did his dad suffer like this? That, right. That Jenny never told him, like, is this something that could have happened to him? Because um, we forget. You know, we've spent so much time with Jamie away from his family that, you could, you know, that was his dad. And God, it just hit me. And it brings it you really hit me, right? And it brings have, you back to Jenny. It really because yeah. he he questions, did she tell me the truth? These are all real questions that the show hasn't asked us, the viewers, yet. And I like I don't know if we knew that. Like I know that his dad died of a of a stroke or something to that effect, but I didn't know it was it was like this, right? And um, what do you mean like this? I did, I didn't know I didn't know what it was like. I didn't know the kind of death that he had. Like, didn't he? Didn't he have a stroke at Jamie's? You're, so you are you saying this, or are you saying that Jamie is saying this? No, so because, I'm, I'm because saying that's this. what Jamie was saying. Jamie right. was wondering because Jamie didn't get to know. You know what I mean? Like he, Jenny didn't get to say. That's what he's saying in this episode. Is he didn't hear from Jenny how long he would have suffered for sure. if it was like this? And um, My, you know, I, I haven't lost a parent yet. Mm-hmm. And it's one of the things that I know is going to be hard for me as it is for anybody. Like when you hear about a situation or you see someone who has something that your parent died from. Sure. Um, you know, like you lost your mom from a brain aneurysm. So yep. if anyone ever talks about that, it must hit you in a very sensitive way that I personally can't speak about yet. Sure. And um, to see it portrayed on screen, it's like, yeah. And, and the fact that he has the resolve to ask Claire, if this happens to me and I have to end up like Beardsley over here, just, just end it. Mm-hmm. Like, because I can't, 
I can't do this. You're going to do the right thing, right? Like, and she says, I'll do what I must, which is to me, it's foreshadowing, you know, like maybe, maybe years down the road from stories that none of us know yet. Um, even book readers, there seems to be some serious foreshadowing happening here. Uh, at least in, in my estimation. Uh, but another great conversation that finally has to happen between Jamie and Claire. And again, which is why this is so important. These two were together in this house alone with, you know, crazy lady and, and half dead dude is Claire finally has to look at the world and say, it, she even says it like, what kind of world is this? Yeah. What kind of like, what are we doing? Why are we even bringing people a baby? In? Yeah. Like, yeah. What do we, what kind of world is this? And do they, do they as Claire and Jamie have a responsibility to send Roger and Jemmy and Brianna back? Do, do you think they have a responsibility to do that? I think that they have a responsibility to vet this option. Um, you know, obviously, Bree and Roger have their own free will to make this choice. Right. And so Claire can give her advice and she's now voiced it to, to Jamie and she's voiced it to Roger. Um, you know, she just... the. This this is the beauty of this episode and a great title for it. Sure, absolutely, absolutely. Um, we got, you know we got through all the plot stuff you know with with uh, the the two brothers you know getting their indentured papers they're they're now going to be owned by Jamie Jamie and Claire all of a sudden have this baby that's going to be tagging along with them got a lot more people going to that big house man <laughs> to the ridge. Uh, you know that's that's some good plot stuff I think I got I got an outlandish theory about that okay. too. Um, what else is happening here? I mean, and, and that's the real issue. Uh, Roger is going to gather people. His, his metal is already being tested by the people who he's trying to coerce to join. Saying you have my word right. that they'll be back. Right. And this, this, that does not portend well for, for a boy, Roger Mack. Uh, there's some foreshadowing there as well. Um, so the issue with this episode is, is both great and odd. In that, what it did, the craft in this episode was spectacular. Agreed. Um, I even think that the writing for Jamie and Claire, while Outlander usually tips its hand pretty easily and loves to hold your hand through its episode run, um, and it does it pretty comfortably. Do like it, it's comfortable living in that world. Like, okay, we're gonna bring you for a journey. Hold my hand, and here it is. It speaks a lot. But the craft of the writing here is is really good. Uh, and then also the directing and the mm-hmm. lighting and the cinematography. Spectacular stuff. It was. And I got a chance to think about this. Like last episode, a lot of people were really divided by it. And this episode, a lot of book readers are like, this is amazing. It's great. It's the best thing. It's the best episode this whole season. And I think show watchers are like, yeah, but... But like, okay, it's X-Files. Well, and this is why I think it would be really fun this season for us at the end of the season to come back and rewrite the episodes. Right. And what do you think? Well, do you want to do that? I would absolutely love to. Nice. Um, and I, I think part of that, and I was, I was, I was driving home today from work. <laughs> I was driving home. I'm like, why was so many people pissed off? Oh, last episode. And then like all the, a lot of book readers were pissed off about last episode. And then, like, a lot of show watchers were like, yeah, but this episode wasn't that great either. I mean, it was good, but what are we doing? And how can, like, a bunch of really smart, like, generally educated people look at the same piece of art and say, that's great or that really sucks and I hate it? What do you mean? Because it's art and that's the whole point. Right. And it's our relationship to that art. So, for example, like... I know people are going to be like, ew, Mary, 4.5, what's wrong with you? It's because I just need to get over the stinky part. Sure. It's not that it was poorly written. It's not that it was poorly directed. Right. Or acted. I think all of that was extraordinary. Right. I'm saying that for me, I was so comfortable, so job well done, team, (laughs) (laughs) that to me, it's not one that I'm looking forward to on like just keeping on the background or my rewatches, whereas I had a lot of fun at the wedding. And I think that frequently when I'm judging my kilt rating, it's more upon um, either how it 
don't know. Well, see, and, and this is and this, this is, is why the I'm real probably going to re- revamp it. Well, this is the real question. I mean, we're getting at 53 minutes here, so I want to wrap this up in a little bit. But the real question here is how do we, what is our relationships to each of the episodes, right? And like what, what I've come to learn podcasting so much about television and film is what do you love and why do you love it? What are the things that you, like when you talk about something that you hate, like it's not good. Like it's, it's not a conversation. It's just stuff that you hate. But if you talk about the things that you love and you focus on the things that you love Mm -hmm. about them, Mm -hmm. there may be more things that you love in one episode than you do the others. Mm -hmm. Like I loved the first episode. I loved it because that is what, that is what grabbed me. There is some really cool stuff about this particular episode, but it doesn't grab me in terms of Outlander on the whole. It grabbed me because the craft was really good mm-hmm. and it was a fun little experiment. Mm-hmm. Like I like seeing horror based Outlander. Yeah. You know, it like season one Walking Dead Outlander. Like that's really cool. I can get on board with that, but I'm giving it such a low rating because what does it do for the overall story? And as a show watcher, I don't know. And it feels like a side quest. And that's my relationship to this episode. And it reminds me about shows that we haven't podcasted about where we might watch it, mm-hmm. not knowing what's coming. Because you did. You were like, okay, that was really cool, but like, what just happened? You know, that was your reaction after the end of this episode. And sure. I know, for example, in Game of Thrones, because Blake read the Game of Thrones books and I didn't. We did not podcast about the series early on. Um, we did the final season. Yeah. But I would sit there for some episodes being like, so what's going on? And really, that episode was important later down the line. Mm-hmm. Um, but in the time of viewing it, it didn't jive with me in the sense that i thought it would yep, so absolutely. i'm guessing that that's what it's like so that's that all right yeah are you ready for the outlandish theory of the week i am all i'm right. very excited to hear this well, i got a couple so i can throw some interestings up in the air all right let's do it all right so this ain't the last time you heard from your girl fanny okay she's coming back there's some way somehow she's gonna come back and i bet i bet she comes back around with the baby daddy like they're going to want to reclaim the daughter. And at that point, Claire's going to be like, dude, you gave her up. Like, what are you doing? Like, no, you cannot have your daughter back. You just abandoned her. Yeah. You left her the deed and yeah, sure. You left us the indentured papers. That's great. That's great and all buddy. But, um, you left your kid. And so you've essentially given her up and we're going to take care of that. And like either, either Claire and Jamie, like give the kid to someone else in town and, you know, your girl Fanny is like, hey, where's my kid? And they're like, sorry, bro. We don't know where she is anymore. You you, you left her. Um, there's going to be a conflict there. Maybe not soon, but I think maybe relatively later on. And then also notice that Fergus writes on a paper that was on Claire's table when she was doing stuff that she shouldn't have been doing when Jamie was out of town and she didn't have enough time to clean it up because Jamie showed up in the middle of the night. And he takes out the notes and he writes the notes down uh, for for the orders that he, for the advertisement for the paper, and it looks like the notes that she was taking for Doctor Rawlings, uh, and all the um, all of the advice that Doctor Rawlings was. She's giving. taking lots of notes in that room. Yeah, She's but notes this on the- this looks like the the lines that she was writing for Doctor okay, Rawlings. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I feel like when that kind of thing hits the papers. That's going to be a problem for Jamie and Claire, too. So this is going to cause some more conflict uh, for, for Jamie and Claire. If not now, a little bit more down the line. And I've also got to, to, to start thinking about the conflict between Myrta. <laughs> That's what? the face. Oh, yeah. That, no. It's, uh, between Myrta and Jamie and how this is all going to transpire. I feel like they brought in Stephen Bonnet early because they want to get to some bonnet stuff earlier. And perhaps I've kind of done a one. I, I have to like reverse my take on this. Uh, or I have to do, I have to do a 180 take. I think the bonnet stuff is going to happen er- sooner. And the, and the regulator stuff is going to happen a little bit later. Hmm. You're switching it up. I, I, I think because you know, they're, they're, they're getting everybody ready to go to, to go to battle and, and they're getting everybody ready to, confront the regulators 
and I feel like there's going to be this big thing. There's going to be this big to do. And knowing history, and since we did the history of the regulators podcast, knowing that there was this big buildup, and then all of a sudden it kind of went away, and then all of a sudden it was the Battle of Alamance. So that's what I feel like is going to happen. Something along the lines of there's going to be a big buildup and everyone's going to go home and then they're going to handle the Stephen Bonnet stuff and then it may be concluded with the Battle of Alamance and like maybe the after effects of that. That's probably where I'm at with that. Interesting. You got, Can everyone I, on Facebook Live give a good interesting for that? <laughs> All right. that's I'll take it. Mock me. Please hang up and try again. All right, Marvin, final thoughts for this episode. My final thoughts are that I am excited to revisit this episode um, when I have a better stomach (laughs) for things (laughs) Uh, because I really do. I think it was exceptional in so many ways. It's just me and my like weak stomach of thinking about smells. Mm -hmm. Um, But it was, it was a great episode. It was fun. It was different. Um, It was genuinely scary when Claire is walking up those stairs with the candelabra or whatever it is. Like, Claire, it, it was it was it was Walking Claire Dead. Claire makes I know I said some it serious times. choices through Man, her life. Claire, she just always running into stuff. And she, Jamie needs the reunion rule. <laughs> no stuff. Jamie, Jamie needs the reunion rule. Okay. And he, it, for those of you, who, no, we who, don't need to delve. No, into I'm the not going to delve into. I'm just right going to say when Mary does something that she really shouldn't be doing, I call the reunion rule, and Correct. we'll get we'll get into it later. But Jamie needs the reunion. Rule. Okay. And that's like. Man, come on, Claire. You got to be smarter than that. Just just walking up the stairs. And she's like, that smells like feces and blood. Yeah. Like, <laughs> gonna go I know check that it smell. <laughs> Either someone's dying or they have a really bad case of diverticulitis. <laughs> yes, that's right, ladies and gentlemen. I, I know diverticulitis. <laughs> okay. So on um, that note. Yes, that's that. Are you ready to close this bad boy out? Yes. All right, let's do it. listening to this podcast and most likely you've been listening to it on some kind of a device your laptop your phone while you're there if you wouldn't mind doing us a favor if you could head to your podcast app of choice and leave us a written review that would be exceptional what this does is it allows other outlander fans to get to know us so if it's an itunes or stitcher wherever it is leave us a written review we want to thank gsp349 who wrote marvelous thanks Mary and Blake for helping me stretch my obsession of Outlander into the week past Sunday I discovered Outlander and your podcast this past summer and I've been an assassinac ever since I love listening to you guys in the morning while I sit my coffee and get ready for work knowing that I have your podcast to listen to during the week eases the pain of knowing I can't binge watch the season like I did the first four seasons keep up the great work guys I look forward to following along episode by episode oh thank you Je suis uh, and uh, for those of you who are watching live, and actually for all the podcast listeners and even people on YouTube, do know that right after we record this episode, uh, we will be doing an After Dark episode, which is a very special episode with Mary and Blake about all things that are happening in Mary and Blake's life, uh, which also happens to be about Outlander as well. So if you want to be part of um, the After Dark episode, you can come watch us. You just have to be a member of OutlanderCastClan.com. You have to be an official outlander cast clan member and if you join it at the five dollar level you get access to not only future after dark episodes but the entire backlog as well you get to watch all, uh, how our studio has evolved over time and uh, all of the crazy things that are happening in mary and i's life so go to outlandercastclan.com and if you want to help out the show you want to support your you know your favorite couple on this planet except for you know obviously yourself if you're married or whatever uh you can you can do that go to outlandercastclan.com and and uh Enjoy help, the help plan. a brother out. You know, help a brother out. It's like when you support your little bo- local PBS station, except yes. it's two jabronis in Rhode Island. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you. Uh, we want to especially thank our most generous patrons, our associate producers, Angie, Carolyn, Celine, Don, Diane, Jeffrey, Jennifer, Marilyn, Maureen, Patricia, Siobhan, uh, Valerie. 
and our co-producers, Amanda, Ann Lee, Barbara, Dana, Janet, Keelan, Lori Ellen, Marianne, Meredith, Raynal, Sharon, Tina, and Whitney. And last but not least, our executive producers, Ann, Bobby, D, Jen, Katie, Kirsty, Martha, Nadra, Peg, and Sarah. And don't forget, friends, we are going to be having our listener feedback episode recorded Thursday night of this week. So mm-hmm. make sure if you'd like to tune in live in the Outlander Cast Clan gathering on Facebook to be there. So make sure you join if you are not already a member of our Facebook group. That's right. And uh, make sure also you just check it all, uh, out on all of the social media, just whether it's Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, uh, all of it, YouTube. Just look up Mary and Blake. We are there. We're ready to have a conversation with you. We're ready to talk some Outlander and all the other cool stuff that we got going on, like our Hamilton podcast, our Crown podcast, the Gilmore Girls Game of Thrones. We got, we got so much stuff going on there. It's great. So be part of that conversation. Go to maryandblake.com. Check out all the podcasts and blogs that we have there. Mavi, you got anything else? When are we, annou- when are we uh, announcing our ticket sales and everything for the finale party? We, we can't do that. We can't do that until we get the official, we get word. The official word from our venue. Like We're like 99.6% there with the venue, yeah. but I, I haven't signed papers yet. So okay. once I sign the papers... Then the party is going to be planned. It's going to be happening. It's okay. happening, ladies and gentlemen. All it's right. happening at the really cool place in Providence. You don't want to miss it. You don't want to miss out hang with all the nerds. That's like, right. All the nerds are just Meaning awesome. Meaning us. <laughs> yeah, yeah, all the Outlander nerds. You know, like it's just awesome. You just get to geek out about Outlander stuff and have fun. So Mary's giving me a signal to shut up. So I got to shut up. <laughs> right, friends. So for now, my name is Mary. My name's Blake. And you've been listening to Outlander Cast. Outlander Cast.